Hi, my name's Sean. That's my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter, semi-fame. And welcome to Avatar The Last Podcaster. Sometimes I forget to say the name of the podcast. It's Avatar The Last Podcasters, and we've got a very interesting episode, I think, today in store for you. But before we get started, Chris Ford, how you doing? I am doing pretty fantastic. It feels weird we talk before the episode starts, so it feels weird to ask you how you're doing and then wonder <laughs> if you'll repeat things or if you'll have new things that have been holding out on me, like spoiler alert kind of stuff, or no, I don't know. What you playing? Uh, I've, been, I've been watching uh, Star Wars, Clone Wars a lot, um, and so that's pretty interesting. I, I'm, I'm in the rare field that I actually, in, in terms of when I saw the Star Wars movies, and and when I got enjoyment out of them the most, I got the most enjoyment out of watching the prequels than any of the other Star Wars, whether that's the originals or the sequels. Because I watched those, that, that was my peak Star Wars fandom. And so Clone Wars is a really good, like, going back to that. Like, it, it has the things that I love about Star Wars. Although, admittedly, I looked up like the list because <laughs> there's like a hundred episodes more than that. I looked up like, these are the episodes you actually need to watch. <laughs> it is. Is that Nickelodeon uh, property or did it come out on Nickelodeon first, I guess, or was it Disney originally? I feel like it was Cartoon Network. It might've been, I didn't have cable at the time. I'm just hazarding yeah. wild guesses. I'm pretty sure it's Cartoon Network. Well, you, at some point we need to have a crossover with my other podcast. And this is just my way to give it a plug here. Pokemonarchy. He is a huge Star Wars EU fan. When I say EU, I don't just mean Clone Wars. I mean, he reads every book, every piece of literature and paraphernalia that he can get his hands on. And he, like, uh, let's call it rabidly defends the prequels for sort of the, the oh, lore and foundations that they set yeah. for everything else that happens in the universe. So sometime we'll have some kind of crossover episode. I treat the EU the same way that I treat the Avatar EU, which is I'm sure I would like it if I experienced it. I just haven't and probably won't. <laughs> That's the thing about Star Wars. I'm like, why am I not like an avid Star Wars fan? Like it, it, it has it has the ingredients that I should be into. But for some reason, I'm not a huge avid Star Wars fan. And so I think I'm, part of it's just that there's like too much. Like if you're not already in lot. it, it, it feels is, like so a ton much. to dive into where, you know, Avatar <laughs> at least is kind of a palatable, like, oh, there's this many comics, this many episodes. I was like, listen, if I just watch, if I binge the show in a week and then binge the next show in a week, you got the gist of it. Star Wars <laughs> is like, you got to sit down for a while watch what order should i watch it in should i watch it should second time i watch it watch in a different order should i now go out and watch clone wars the clone wars put so much emphasis on the pre on the sequel on the prequels and then mandalorian and then other stuff it's huge and it's not all in the same location that also kind of i don't want to say plays against it but makes it harder to jump into what about the comics what about the novels that are no longer canon because disney bought it and disney wants to tell their own story yeah, that that hurt. Uh, I think that hurt Jesse is his name. I think that hurt him a lot is like Disney buying is is a good thing, probably for Star Wars and, and Disney in general. And hey, this is going to live forever kind of way. Yeah. But bad. And that's like, all right, all this stuff. I, nope, not anymore. Sorry. It's not real. <laughs> Didn't happen. Yeah. Imagine Disney owned Avatar like it would it would have blown up way more. Instead, Nickelodeon's like. 
Well, we should put Legend of Korra on streaming service. <laughs> Not on streaming service, on just the Nick.com site. They didn't have a streaming service. <laughs> streaming service wasn't it a is, thing. It is like Sega versus Nintendo. Sega had like one good peak and then it still exists in some capacity and always existed in some capacity, but it had one peak where it was important and it was like Nick versus Disney. But for the rest of time and all of history, Nintendo I mean, are, is, is. Yeah. I mean, are we saying it's, it's hard. It's a hard comparison because there's, you're comparing, if you compare the Disney channel to Nickelodeon channel, I'm taking Nickelodeon channel. Oh yeah, all yeah. Day. no, no. I'm talking larger, okay. the, the larger, but not all of Viacom. I see what you're getting at there. It's kind of an unfair comparison to grab all of Disney yeah. versus just Nickelodeon. That is a little <laughs> weird. But then again, that's, <laughs> that's Nintendo versus Sega too. Like Nintendo is this whole universe <laughs> of goods and things, and then Sega is just yeah. this. They make good arcade cabinets, and one time had a nice console. So maybe that's maybe it is a good comparison. Actually, I don't know. I might stand by. It'll it. be really interesting in whatever alternate universe that the Sega Dreamcast went on to have a second console. It was ahead of its time. I think that the Sega Dreamcast, with more time and more patience, would have uh, would have at least matched GameCube and potentially scratched Xbox sales with a little time. Mm. Not the PS2. That thing was crazy, but it could have yeah. competed just fine. But it just. Uh, timed out bad and they made some dumb decisions and i would love to talk all day about that but i don't want to interrupt this delightful episode i'm very excited about this episode and i could talk all day about about uh the sega dreamcast and sega's problems the saturn in a in a different world the saturn in a different world oh my gosh the saturn could wait, have been the, the a sega very channel thing the Sega Channel was that ahead was of on its time. that was on the Sega Genesis, astounding. And then I like, believe it was before. Like, like honestly, look at look at how Microsoft they have their their platform. Xbox Live, uh, PlayStation has theirs. Yeah, even Nintendo has you know their like Nintendo Online, whatever thing where you can go and play Super Nintendo games. That was the Sega Channel, like. 25 years ago or 20 years ago that's crazy i don't know i think sega did it first and then nintendo had um their nintendo channel i forget what it was called i think sega's was first i think sega's lasted a little longer i'm not positive but some mm. of sega's the real thing with sega is we like the it's the console wars is like it's a documentary series now it's a book before and it's all it's all fine like go watch it if you want don't if you don't you're not missing a ton but people like forget that Sega's arcades. You walk into arcades now, and all of the old existing or like the retro stuff is mostly like old, crazy good Sega racing games and fighting games and light gun games. Like the arcades were made of Sega stuff at one point in time. So there's, and I, there's... Bet, I, bet, and I bet this that Zeg, the Sega was like, arcades are never gonna die. We're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> People are always going to want to hang out together in close, in uh, like enclosed spaces, even up to 2020, Man. and they're just going to love being in public and touching That's everything. Crazy. The evolution of video games is, is crazy, right? Going from arcades, like people physically coming to this one place to congregate, then at houses, and people pods of those people come to those houses to, con- to congregate and play, and now just like everybody has their own place, we just play online. <laughs> No one comes together. And I don't even play online because I'm a stubborn old bastard. No, I also, I kind of missed arcades living where I lived and like the time I missed most of that. 
I will say I'm very proud of myself. The other day I got online unplanned. I, I played an online game. I played Borderlands with a friend. It was totally unplanned. And I was so proud. I was like, this is the joy that modern gamers feel when they get online and they see somebody and they go play a game with them because it's what they already were, like had in. They're playing at the same time. It was it was very like I get I get why people like that feeling. I don't get why people just go play competitive online stuff with other strangers because but that's because I'm bad at games. So that's a different. <laughs> that's true. So, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's uh, you know what I've come to terms with it, but. Uh, long story short, hey, someday we'll talk for literal hours about the Dreamcast. Some other day we'll talk for literal hours about Star Wars. I'll listen. You and Jesse can talk. Today I want to talk for literal hour or less, whatever, about yeah. our favorite Team Avatar episodes. The first special episode in years that I have understood what Chris expected of me and did it the right way. We each went... <laughs> For Team Avatar, because all the time we'll be watching an episode or review an episode, and Chris will say something like, this is a great Toph episode or a great soccer. I'll be like, yeah, it is, in classic John Mulaney fashion. And we, uh, and so we decided at Chris's idea, I believe, um, it wasn't mine, Chris's or fans, I guess, yes. was to yeah. take every member of Team Avatar and pick out the what we felt was the best single episode from Team Avatar. So just ATLA, not Legend of Korra, and just the five key members of Team Avatar. Though I do have a couple of notes at the end, other fun characters we should at least like poke a stick at. All right, yeah, let's get started. Okay. Uh, what character you want to start with? Do you have a list there? Oh, I kind of went Sokka. in order that they appeared. Yeah, not quite though, so well, whatever. Start with Sokka. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I'll go ahead and go first. So okay. my favorite Sokka centric episode really isn't and sometimes some of these picks there aren't like so much centered on Sokka like one of Sokka's centric episodes is like um Sokka's master I mean has Sokka in the name but that's not my pick um this pick I think really um displays and showcases Sokka's growth as a warrior as a leader and that is the day of black sun parts one and two through one episode um I think this episode does a really good job one thing in part one, really shows Sokka's insecurities, right? And Sokka is one of the most insecure characters on the show. I mean, his insecurities early on in the show really drove a lot of his sexism. That hits towards, me hard. Uh, <laughs> you, towards, uh, towards Katara, towards Kyoshi Warriors. Um, his his feeling of, of of uselessness compared to all the other members of Team Avatar. But yeah, but he's grown. He grew and grew throughout the series, and I think um, and Dave Black Sun, he really did a great job just taking command, taking over his father. Like I felt like it was a literal, literally him overshadowing his father, becoming his father, becoming the man his father knew he could be, and leading the battle. And Dave Black Sun, and even though it doesn't go well for them, Sokka still learns a lot from it. He still. Um, he still, you know, holds on to that, even though he feels very responsible for it, which is why he goes after to save his uh, dad and uh, at the Boiling Rock. But I really just really love Sokka's growth in that episode. So I did something that you didn't tell me to do, just an elected decision I made. 
Um, I did tell myself no finales because I made it through my list the first time and like four characters like, well, that's a finale episode. That's a finale episode. So I did. I, I cut those out. You didn't tell me to and I didn't have to. Uh, it just felt right. Um, so I liked Day of Black Sun. I had that as an honorable mention. Um, I liked uh, I liked Avatar Day. That was an honorable mention for kind of classic Sokka goofy, maybe not his most intelligent appearance, but I liked Avatar Day. I did go as Sokka's master. Mm. I think character development wise, that was a very important episode for how much I like Sokka and why I like Sokka and connect with him so well. So uh, cliche, but I did do Sokka's master. And I really just like P and Dao as well. But Avatar Day, let's give a nod to that. That's a funny, that is some funny Sokka goodness. That, that is some um, absolute great Sokka. Yeah. <laughs> That's some great Sokka humor there. It is. Not uh, not Sokka intelligence, just Sokka comedy. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Next and, one I did, uh, I did Katara was my second one. I'll lead this one off if you don't care. Yep. And then the this one was really easy. I did the waterbending master. Um, I didn't think too mm-hmm. hard about it. I did. Uh, yeah. Gosh, I didn't write the title down of the the one where she wants to take revenge for her mom. What is that one called? I didn't write that one down. Um, the Southern Raiders. The Southern Raiders. The uh, the Painted Lady, the Puppet Master. She was the hardest to decide, in she my opinion. She honestly has, I think, the most centric, character-centric episodes <laughs> that are just so. like fully focused on Katara. But when I when I listed all the episodes, like there was literally five or six that I listed that could have worked. It was really hard to list them out and have forced myself to decide. But when I kind of laid it out, it's like, you know, what? it's still easy. I'm going to do the waterbending master where you get a mm-hmm. uh, good, powerful Taka talk talk. Oh, my goodness. What am I talking about? Katara Taka. That's a whole different thing. Um, yeah. Good, powerful Katara. Great action, <laughs> heavy emotions, like great Katara staples. No, that's a good. That's a great, great pick. Um, I like how we're, we're so far picking different ones. I mean, one thing, Katara, she, she, like I said, has some of the best character centric episodes. She does. I found hers the, the uh, most. Yeah, um, which is interesting. Cause I feel like Aang is the opposite. He was. <laughs> I feel like Aang doesn't have uh, it. You, <laughs> we'll get you're to right, that. and we'll get to that. But it was weird to think about. Zuko is yeah, obvious, a... but yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, so paint. Um, I was gonna say the painted lady is my pick. I just it's such a Katara centric episode. How Katara, this episode just really embodies that character of Katara, that she is going to help people no matter what, and she delivers. I think one of the best lines of her, um, and it's when she's talking to Saka. Saka's trying to get her to stop helping the people. And he's just like yelling at her, and you can see her frustration mounting. And then she's like, she looks at him, she's like, I will never ever turn my back on people who need me. Like, that is a great line. It's so Katara, and it was just so well well done uh, by the voice actress, Mae Whitman. Amazing job. Hits my Love feels. That. Hits my feels every yeah. time. And it's I, mean, I don't think a... any other character, I don't think any other character. I think displays the type of compassion that Katara shows. Um, you know, not not even Aang, right? I've never seen Aang have that moment of like I'm not. Be, to, never, I don't think I've seen Aang have that moment of just like I'm going to do whatever I can to help out all these people as emphatically as Katara did there. Not quite like that, and such a great 
uh, what am I trying to get at here? If you watch that episode and no other episode, you've got the whole picture of what Katara is all about. And maybe I, you probably can't say that for any other episode. Yeah. Uh, some of my other ones, I think, for her, what was there? There was um, the Water Beanie Master. It was, was great. Um, oh, the Puppet Master is a good one, too. Yeah. It's it's um, not as good as uh, the Puppet Master. And the one I think you're going to go to, if I can try to guess here, is the uh, the one where Aang, uh, she has to talk Aang down when Aang's in the Avatar state. I know you love that moment. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, Oh man, I'm, I'm I'm forgetting. That's a good moment too. I can't in think the of sand. the name of that episode, but that would be my guess there's, for you. There's, yeah, I, th- I think you're thinking the same one. Where why can't I think of it? The desert is that what it's called? It's after the library, right? It's the next one. Yes, right after the library. The desert. That doesn't sound right. There's we're missing it something. Sound right. The okay, it's the, the one line. after the li- the library. As fact, as a uh, luck would have it. I can tell you that library is book two, chapter 10. So it's book two, chapter 11, whatever that one is. Why can't I think of the episode? Uh, for there. those of who are just joining, oh it's killing gosh. Chris because Chris's thing is that he remembers episode <laughs> titles. That's all his, right. yeah, his go to uh, skill. You probably see me uh, leave. Remember, you probably still hear me. Okay. Uh, can you hear me still? Yeah, I can still hear you. Okay. You probably can't see me, but that's okay. Uh, let's see, Avatar book two episodes. And the thing about that episode, and I think I complained plenty at the time, I'm just passing the time to, or buying you uh-huh. some time while you look. And it's not the most, uh, complete episode, you know, it's not intense or interesting front to back, uh, but that part is such a powerful kind of microcosm of Katara's role, Katara's strengths. Her relationship with Aang, it it's kind of all wrapped in one yes. moment, maybe more intensely. Sorry. I was right. It's called The Desert. It's just called The Desert? Oh, what a boring yeah. name. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know why but I was suddenly like, what if all these names were friends' names? And it'd be like, the one with the desert, the one with the library. <laughs> it's like, yeah, for <laughs> The one with the waterbending master. <laughs> um... But yeah, I love that episode. That's a great episode. It just shows Guitar to hell Team Avatar together so much. They they would be lost without her. See, I'd argue, I'd say it's not a great complete episode, but it is a very, very, very good ending. I'll give you that. I remember yeah. being yeah. bored and disappointed. Not to, not, but the, those are too strong words. But the first half is it's a slow build. Yeah, uh, and that's the thing about the Pain Lady for me. Like the Pain Lady isn't even probably out out of those. Out of all these episodes we mentioned, Pain Lady is probably my least favorite episode, but I think it's such a, does a good, such a great job of uh, displaying Katara. I kind of put the Painted Lady and the Puppet Master in the same sort of tier of like a really interesting uh, episode, just not a really Imp- cool, grand, big, impactful. Yeah, 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 but such great Katara Taking episodes. Whereas you know the water bending master might be the most impactful, but maybe it is kind of the least revealing, other than a sick action scene. That's mm, probably yeah. my favorite fight scene, maybe up to book three and through most of book three, I think. You ready to go on to the next one? I think I did Toph. Next. Yes. All yeah, right, Toph Bay Fong. Um, I this is probably very easy. It's her introduction. I don't think we've ever seen a better introduction for a character. Granted, all these other characters are pretty much introduced around the same time. 
Uh, but it's the blind bandit. This is just... I feel like no one <laughs> else really shines in this episode besides Toph. Like, even to the point where, you know, Aang jumps out of the cage and he's ready to fight. And then Taka's like, no. Look. <laughs> and Aang's like, oh, I don't have to do anything. That, that almost embodies this whole episode that no one else is lifting a finger except for Toph. And it's such a, such a great introduction. We got a, a quick... We, we instantly understood her powers, understood how they worked, how her bending is different from everyone else, what makes her special. Uh, instantly got into her background, what drives her, um, what what her vulnerabilities are, that her parents think of her as a helpless child, but she's really not that. It's a amazing introduction. Um, a lot of people think this episode really changed Avatar a lot. I don't, I don't think I give it that much credit that it just completely changed Avatar because the direction of Avatar was already uh, amazing. Uh, but adding Toph was a, was a great addition to the team. I agree entirely. There's only one other episode, I even two other episodes, I guess, that I even kind of considered, but it wasn't really that close. I think when you think of an episode that delivers a lot of sort of character exposition and story, like you just mentioned, as her introduction... Uh, most of them aren't as entertaining as the blind bandit. You, you don't get the whole wrestling sequence, which is just comedy gold, but also a talent expose. And then what I really like is the idea that like this episode is sort of toffs over the top wrestling entrance into the show. Like it's, uh, mm. I don't, I don't know that it means to, but like a meta parody on itself, you know, these grand um, extreme over the top, wrestler entrances as they're walking into the ring. Yeah. It's like, that's what this episode feels like for Toph in the show. And I kind of like that parallel. So no question. Um, I noted the library, but that's more of a pity thing. I just feel so bad for Toph uh, in that episode. And you kind of see a softer side, but it's not, that's not normal Toph. It just is one time when it kind of get a little deeper Toph. And then um, what's the, uh, the work, bitter, bitter work is kind of a bitter work, yeah. intense, Toph episode, but there again, it's not sort of pure Toph, it's just one kind of narrow point of Toph, so I didn't think about it too hard. Yeah, uh, the only other one that I could think of would, um, I think be one of her top episodes would be The Runaway, um, which is really cool that Toph has like yeah. different aliases, The yeah. Blind Bandit, The Runaway, but I almost love that episode for guitar more. Um, that was just some great Toph guitar moments in the episode. They really... Um, had a come to Jesus moment, I think, or come to come to a Yang Chin moment. Come to the Yang Chin moment, <laughs> praise Yang yeah. Chin, children. The, <laughs> I honestly, did, I, I when I was like thinking about episodes, that one didn't pop up in my mind, but I could see how, especially if you had like uh, what's best tough Katara moments. Well, that'd probably be yeah. in the running, I would imagine. Uh, yeah, she really. The one thing about the episode that I think really works is that she really opened herself up to. Sokka in that episode. Um, and I mean, granted, it was, which also made Katara look really good because she was like, Katara's like, she loves me. She cares about me more than my own parents care about me. And the real me, like, she really opens up in the episode. That's what really makes the episode a good tough episode for me. Still, The Blind Bandit is a fantastic. I'm episode. glad you, I'm glad you mentioned that other episode, though. I'd kind of like just, I didn't even consider it. So glad you brought it up. Um, so I listed Zuko next, but I'm starting to think that was a mistake and maybe we should do Zuko last. Do you want to do Aang next and Zuko last? Cause he's got more uh, sure. interesting material. 
No offense, <clears throat> Ed, but it's uh, it's it's yeah. true. I don't know what else to say. Um, I'll kick this one off since you did the last one. Uh, it was still tough because we're talking about Aang here, but I picked Lake Lao Guy. I think you get good Aang range um, in ability, action. Mm-hmm. You, you get a nice Aang scope. So keeping in mind, again, I tried to keep myself away from finales because I could have filled up the whole paper. Uh, Lake Lao Guy was my pick just for the full at, at peak emotion, peak, peak action and ability, inventiveness. You kind of get it all in here. So Maybe no particular standout things other than it's a good Aang microcosm. Yeah. Yeah, that was a weird thing. Like, it, it's weird to think that Aang had the least centric episode. <laughs> the whole like, show's about him, so he doesn't need yeah. episodes, I guess. Yeah, maybe that's, yeah, that's what it is. And maybe, that's, that, maybe, and maybe that's good writing, right? It's like good writers know how to uh, really display their side. No, one call. That's a disrespectful to call other members who have side characters. But Aang is clearly the one where it's it's all about. He is the main character. We're not. Mm. I'm not gonna try and finagle Aang out of being the main character. Yeah. You can maybe make an argument that Zuko is, but he's not. He's an antagonist the first season. He's pretty much lost the second season, and he is a a help. Aang is the main character. De- details, but it's like Aang is <laughs> it, Zuko is a main character, and Aang is the main character. Is all yeah. that's what it, semantics. <laughs> Um, okay, so my pick would be the Guru, and I think Aang goes. This is probably one of the most character-centric Aang moment because I feel like all of Aang's anxieties, fears, worries, um, everything is put on display in this episode, and it's done in such a beautiful, masterful way. That's a real-life uh, practice that people do. Um, you know, we, we get to, we really get to get inside of Ang's head here. What are the things that drives him? Um, and then I, one of my favorite moments of the whole entire show, the episode when when the Guru Patik is telling Ang, um, I think he's talking about uh, whatever someone is blocked by grief, and he talks about like, yes, you you've suffered a lot. Like the Airbenders loved you, uh, but their love is not gone. Like it's just transformed into new love, and and, and shows Katara and Aang cries. It's like Aang really took, like that's that's therapy right there. A main character is going to therapy, working through their problems to align themselves better to save the world. I always tell people really... you're not you're not supposed to like uh, going to therapy at first. At least you're just supposed to feel better afterwards. That's all. At first, I never I never been to therapy before. I haven't either, but uh, very, oh, okay. very intimate circle of, of folks who have, and it's kind of the same idea. Yeah, the weird... first time you're dreading it, but you feel better yeah. when you come out. In a weird way, I would love to go to therapy, but I'm like, I don't, I don't think I need therapy. I'm pretty great. Uh, that sounds very braggadocious. I don't mean, I don't mean, I mean, I'm, I've well, always been pretty. Yeah. I think you're a great person. <laughs> I think what you're also trying to say is that you're like a, what am I? Great, great life. Life is great and whatnot in in the moment, at least, or in the personal sphere, right? But I highly support people going to therapy. Absolutely, Um, therapy. I feel like, uh, but uh, I would I like to go to therapy only because I like to know things about myself. Like I like taking those quizzes of 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 just random quizzes. Oh yeah, they got this right about me. 
<laughs> I I'm assuming that someday I will need therapy if Heather and I ever have children and then they act like me and I'll be like, why are my children like this? And I'll go to therapy and he'll be like, it's because of this. Because, like, because, yeah. because of you. Yeah. And I'll be like, you know what? That explains a lot. Thank you. I feel better. Honestly, I could, I could probably, I probably could have used therapy growing up. I remember being mad sometimes as a teenager. Not, not mad. I've always been fairly balanced. I remember. Oh, but that's like, just someone, teenager feelings. Well, like if someone like rode my bike and I, and I love my bike. I would like punch them hard. <laughs> like I remember this <laughs> this little kid who's probably five years younger than me. Now he's he played in he didn't play in the NFL, but he played in for Arkansas. He was a safety for <laughs> football. And you <laughs> like <laughs> you didn't know that at the time though. That's <laughs> but he, he he got on my bike and he rode it. I remember I got mad and I punched him hard and he like. He started to turn up, and I didn't. I don't think I felt that much remorse for it. Um, probably because people knew, like, I don't like people being on my bike. But it's just a weird thing that I'm like, I'm not that. And then I think the reason why I was angry at that because my dad told me, like, no one is riding your bike. That's why. That's why. Now I'm doing therapy on myself. That's why I was. This is, I great thought ex- I was getting no, this is great exploration. You, uh, <laughs> it's partially like personal feelings that you had for your bike, but then it, it maybe a larger part due to like obligation toward your dad. Like I have this great bike. Thanks dad. I'm not going to let you down. I will punch a small no. child. Get More you than I knew if, if something happened to my bike, he mean, my dad will punish me for it. Yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I don't punch this kid, I'm going to get, get spanked. Yeah. I get it. No, no I wish I was a spanking. See, this is every bit as good as therapy. If you need to let out a tear, <laughs> Avatar The Last Podcasters is the place to do it. <laughs> <laughs> every time I do, every time I do an episode of Poke Malarkey, I think it's amazing that these two animated television shows from roughly the same era could be impossibly different. <laughs> because there is, there's no emotion or depth in Pokemon. Uh, I don't know Pokemon the movie. I cr- cried in a theater when i was a kid watching that we haven't got there we haven't got there yet and i've not seen it since probably 2005 four or five like a couple years after Uh, it came out so i don't remember anything i know what happens and i know but i didn't see it at the time and then i didn't see it until three or four years later and that's like the only time so when we get back to that it's going to be like Mm -hmm. a fresh it's going to be a fresh cut for me but at this point we're only in episode Mm -hmm. like 15 and so far it's just kids being awful at being alive it's, it could not be more opposite every time i'm in there like this is these shows are opposite ends of the animated spectrum that's good though makes it interesting um you uh i don't know if you ever actually finished talking about the guru because you were just talking about therapy and then we got to explore ourselves <laughs> for a minute there that's good for me too uh no pretty much done guru guru is a great episode do you gotta just curious you gotta Runner up. I feel like I keep interrupting you before you have a chance um, to mention other ones. Other things that I was thinking about the finale. Okay. Because I think, um, but I didn't go with that. Not not because of any rule, but I don't know. Finales, like like you said, I didn't purposely do this, but finales don't seem like that's the time to have a centric moment. Yeah. For, for characters, like it's it's so all encompassing. Like you could, you Uh-oh. could literally pick the finale of the series for every character. Just be like, 
these five episodes. I'm like, okay, that yeah. fine. <laughs> um, I did want to say yeah. then, so you picked the guru that was second on my list, and that's a great one. And then I said, just honorable mention, I guess, the Southern Air Temple, so episode three. Um, mm. Just because that's, that's another one where you kind of get both sides and get all this hopeful, wishful thinking and, and sort of youthful innocence. And then this really painful, harsh reality that sets kind of everything else in motion. Um, and so that was another one I want to note. It's really not Aang in a nutshell, but sort of what drives Aang, at least. So I did want to mention that one, too. Yeah, almost one with the storm, just to get his flashback. Um, but I feel like Aang's was so much overshadowed by Zuko's. Yeah. Is that a segue? Story. Is that a segue? Uh, sure. Segue away. I think you should lead this one off, though. All right. Uh, Zuko, who has the best character development of any character, um, almost went with a couple of different things. Almost <laughs> went with the um, the old masters because his reunion with with Iroh. Gosh, I got to get my tissues um, out again, man. You get me all... First, you're talking about therapy, and then all these sad then... episodes. <laughs> And then uh, I almost went with um, the storm because, like I said, it's such everything in that episode informs the character of Zuko. It's it's so good. Western Western Air Temple is also a good. Oh yeah, I didn't <laughs> even consider episode. that one. Um, but you have that great kind of fighting for forgiveness moments in there. I didn't even think about that one. Yeah, but I went with none other than Zuko alone. It's the most <laughs> character-centric episode of both series besides the episode Korra alone. It's right in the title. Even, it's there. Yeah, but this one is even more Zuko uh, separated from the other group, from anyone else, because there's not a single other main character in this episode besides Azula and Iroh and, and back uh, and flashbacks. And so, for a main character to Carrying an episode all by themselves is really astonishing um, and is a real testament to just how great of character Zuko is. This is like one of those old westerns, and so it, it really it kind of takes Avatar's story and flips on his head. And uh, it, it was directed so well, Tori's story told so well. That story could be told just by itself, right? <laughs> and you can show that to anybody and be like, oh, yeah, that's a good story. You can tell this person has some weight on them on the shoulders like the lone person comes into town and takes on the bully like that is classic storytelling nezuko dealing with the thing is the, the story doesn't end the episode doesn't end with any type of resolution zuko's still alone <laughs> he he's completely alone that's kind of old western vibe to it too though like you, you yeah kind of won this battle but you're still in the middle of the war or what have you it does yeah. that same vibe yeah. Um he uh you know, he, he he can't be in the Earth Kingdom because they hate him. He can't be in a Fire Nation because he's been dishonored. He just is walking this journey so alone. He has he has no idea what he's gonna do. Um even after he sticks up, remembers himself and his mother he remembers his mother's last words to him before she left was remember who you are. He remembered who he was and, and that's who he was at that moment wasn't enough for the world and it's ends in a disheartening fashion and again i don't blame those people <laughs> who who told to go to to get going because 
Because, How else hey, is he supposed to react? He's supposed to hug him or like what? What do you? <laughs> he is the son of the Fire Lord who's waging a war on the world, and in that war, your son is probably probably died from. And and he's you know telling him like I am in that moment or great moment. He's like I am the son of Earth Son Fire Lord So Ozai, and then like of. Of course, people are going to be afraid of him. He just like proudly wore his Fire Nation, uh, you know, badge on the sleeve. But so realistically, I would have picked Zuko alone. It is it's the right answer. Um, I presumed that you would pick it and that it was the right answer. So we're both in agreement there. Uh, but just for the sake of saying something different and talking about a different episode. Um, the storm. I don't. I don't like the storm quite as much. It doesn't. It never hooks me quite as much. I didn't think of the Western Air Temple, but that is a great one to get the like. I said, that kind of fight for forgiveness is a really weird dynamic uh, that I dig. Um. So and then I just wanted to bring up the the Blue Spirit as like kind of a mm-hmm. classic like old Zuko pre pre metamorphosed Zuko, but still like the like a hint like foreshadowing at what Zuko mm, yeah. could be. And then you also get lots of uh, willpower-driven skills that he's acquired in there. So lots of skill and ability um, going against the grain. So lots of little things that, yeah, I know, it's no Zuko alone. I just wanted to say something slightly different. I'm not going to not gonna disagree. <laughs> I wrote it down that way, too. I was like, listen, I know what the right answer is. I just got to say something different. Um, so Zuko alone, probably the most character-centric, important episode that you could think up in ATLA, yeah. I would imagine. Um, last but not least, just just for fun, off the top of your head, I thought it'd be fun to talk about some of the non-team Avatar or Avatar adjacent. I don't, do you have a oh, favorite? So you're doing, you're doing uh, Suki a disservice. I always add Suki into my team Avatar discussions because uh, she is a member of team Avatar. Did you but, say Suki? Because I added her on my piece of paper for my for my bonus material, but I didn't add her realistic, like really, really. Uh, it was it was it was in the message I sent you. Did, was it really? Oh my bad. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Hit me with Suki. No, my, I knew I'd screw um, someone. Classic. No, classic. Channel. You only screwed us up. Uh, you know, I can't do math right now. Not as much <laughs> as the previous ones I screwed up. That's for sure. <laughs> I can't even remember what the uh, last one was the last one, the NBA players, and I don't remember what I said. Yeah. Favorite Suki moment, uh, Suki episode. It it would also be the introduction. Um, while her introduction isn't as strong as Toph's introduction, Kyoshi Warriors is still a, a great introduction to the character of Suki. Um, you know, I almost want to go with the, the um, Serpent's Pass. Mm. No, I'm changing it to Serpent's Pass. Yep. I did um, I did Serpent's Pass, and I think the reason it was hard is because I don't like that episode. But I do like what it... Not, it it's, it's fine. I don't have anything against it. I like what it does for Suki. It was just kind of hard to pick. It's like, it's not my favorite episode. So I did go with the Serpent's Pass. And then I also noted Appa's Lost Days because it's kind of interesting to see what she was up to. You know, like, hey, she's still... I know we don't see her, but she's still on the forefront uh, you know, kind of waging her own battles over here, and I, I don't know. I, this is a weird moment that I really enjoyed seeing her. Was that like two episodes after the Serpent's Pass? Too. Oh, another another good one. The Boiling Rock. 
I think she was amazing in the Boiling Rock. That would have been a good one. Yeah. Like her going, wanting her kidnapping the warden was a great moment. Her just like walking, running on people's heads, doing the gymnastics parkour up there. And her going hand to hand with Ty Lee, which the thing is, everyone else versus Ty Lee, anyone else who has fought Ty Lee has lost. But <laughs> no we matter who proved it is. in our bracket that was scientific yeah. and official. Yeah. I'm going to change my I think you're at Boiling Rock. Kind of cheating because it's two episodes, but it's just part two that we care about, isn't it? So Boiling much, Rock, yeah. Boiling Rock part two. I'm changing my answer. I'm changing my answer also. But Sorry. Suki surprisingly has, Suki surprisingly has more, I think, more character-centric episodes than any. But she <laughs> does. But Probably they're... not true, but. Or she, well, I, I said she does. She might. But yeah. they're they're not like I said the the serpent's past just isn't a great episode. It's just a fine mm, episode. Yeah, yeah. No, and, yeah, yeah right. uh, Suki's introduction is is good, but it's not. There's so much happening. It's really early on that it's not. I don't know. It's not something that sticks with you. I guess as much as other character episodes we've discussed. Not sure why. It's not huge impact. I guess I don't know. But boiling rock. Let's, let's boiling rock episode two for me then. Sorry, Suki. Uh, Yang Chen, forgive me. Sorry, Suki. And then, uh, just for kicks, I thought we'd at least poke a stick at Azula and Iroh. Wanted to see your thoughts there, mm. if you just had top of mind. Man, Azula. Azula, Azula. Uh, I'm going to go Iroh first, because I can Iroh's I figured go would be kind of easy. Yeah. Um, Iroh is going to be Tales of Bossing, say. It's even though that's I mean, he's only in there one sits at the time. <laughs> um, yeah, probably tells a blessing. Say, I uh, you, you just got so much in there. It Iro's best as I was going through episodes thinking about it. Iro's best uh, things don't come in episodes; they come in moments. And so I had that yeah. same issue. It's you know he's kind of only in one sixth of everything that he's in. So mm-hmm. uh, tales of blessing say is obvious. I also really like, I don't like the episode, The Chase, but I love that he meets Toph and they sit down and they have such a great conversation. Um, that mm. is like a really oddly touching, memorable moment for me. But yeah, I'm picking the Tales Bossing say. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Azula. Um, maybe The Drill. The Drill's a really good Azula-centric episode. Yeah, you know, she is the main foil, right? This this is her conquest on Ba Sing Se. Even her father, father's father, whoever, couldn't accomplish. Um, oh wait, but you know what? Don't say. I'm it. not gonna be able to. Pick. Oh wait, you're talking about the introduction, uh, the Avatar State. Oh no, I was gonna say the. I thought you were gonna say the beach. Oh, mm, beach is a great episode. I, I was just thinking the other day, like honestly, yesterday. <laughs> I was I was randomly thinking about the beach because I do this weird thing in my head. I've never where, muted you uh, on this podcast before, but I'll do it. Um, so Avatar News, which is a, a tutorial account, they also have a YouTube channel. Um, I don't think they've made many videos. Yeah, they made one video of Momo in his Momo song for two hours straight, where he goes like, anyway, he posted that, <laughs> and Jeremy Zuckerman saw it, and Jeremy Zuckerman playfully said like, oh. You, who's going to watch this? Yeah, you should watch for two hours. And he pretty much bet him that if you watched it for two hours, he would interview him. He, <laughs> that 
the guy from Avatar News gets to interview Jeremy's argument. I'm like, oh, that was cool. Um, so in my head, I'm like, in my, I do a weird thing in my head where I, I play out the best case scenario of something, even though it is highly unlikely to happen. So then I start thinking about like, mm, well, if, if I was interviewing Jeremy's argument for some reason because he's a nice guy, maybe he'll be like, yeah, sure, I'll go on your podcast. I would ask him about like the beach episode in that moment where, um, you know, where Zuko is alone in, in the road um, house and Azula comes in, how the music is, is just really done really good. I was honestly thinking about the moment just yesterday. I would say, Jeremy... Why did you waste so much effort on this episode? Go ahead, Toby. <laughs> you you would not be allowed. Uh, <laughs> it would just be me. We're in this whole podcast. You're not going to let me meet Jeremy Zuckerman. I think you're the bad person. <laughs> Stupid beast. <laughs> and then I thought, like, because I also saw that Jenna Varney was on some random. It wasn't Avatar podcast. It was something else. So you're um, saying there's a chance. Yeah. Um, I was like, you know, I think she also does one of those things. I think it's called Cameo, where like, you can pay for like five minutes of a person's time and like they'll call somebody. I was like, you know, maybe I should pay for that. And I can get Jennifer Arney on the podcast for like 10 minutes and I'll introduce her to my daughter and that'll be a really cool moment for her. Maybe I should do that anyway. <laughs> I, it's uh, like for your birthday, like I'll pool money with my wife <laughs> and your wife and I'll call Jennifer Arney and be like, hey, you got five minutes? Yeah. I don't think it's like that expensive. I mean, I think it's probably I mean, if like... it's just a few minutes and it's on a platform convenient to her and she's on her phone, why not? Yeah. yeah. Janet Janet Varney, if there's hope, for heaven's sake, tell us. John Mulaney next. That'll be less like inspirational, but just as fun. <laughs> um, you know, watching, I watch a lot of. St- oh, you still have, have you watched that John Mulaney intro to SNL the other day? So it was really when he was on. That was yeah. good. Oh yeah, we talked about it. Never mind, we did talk. <laughs> yeah, and the and the mayor. I think the mayor's speech part is what inspired yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I watched. Uh, I went on a string of John Mulaney SNL stuff. He's been he's been on Seth Meyers recently, as like himself, just talking to Seth Meyers. But he's it's weird, but it's funny. Um, just talking about random stuff. <laughs> I you know I almost never watch Seth Meyers because Seth himself kind of bothers me a little bit not that he's not good i just don't care for him um but i would watch his, anything with john mulaney in it probably so to get a little political here that we do he he somewhat blames himself for trump because at like a white house correspondence dinner he uh it was at like an obama one and he was and for some for some reason trump was there don't know why um because money <laughs> <this> was, <laughs> yeah but uh seth myers was telling jokes he was like um People, you know, Trump apparently was running for is running for president, which is funny because people don't know. Wait, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not gonna mess up a joke. He's like, it's funny because people didn't know what he was running as, and people didn't know if he was running as a Democrat or running as Republican. And here, I thought he was running as a joke. <laughs> and <laughs> shit. <laughs> And like everyone was cracking up at the joke, and the, the camera's just on Trump, and he's not like laughing. He's not buying and it. Like, and, and yeah, and that he's made... doing like a Chevy Chase community look. Like, it's not funny. <laughs> yeah, they were not laughing with Trump at that point. And that, and Seth Myers feels like, and, and a little part of him feels like that joke 
prompted Trump to take it to <laughs> to run actually. For so I know this is hypocritical. Uh, the reason that I don't like Seth, it's hypocritical because I hate the sound of my own voice, but I don't like the sound of his voice, and it kind of bothers me. I just had the same issue with Jay Leno for some reason. Like I always thought he was underappreciated, but I'm not gonna listen to him. Sorry, Seth Myers, you do good work. Man, I, don't know I, hate, I hate my you. voice. I hate my voice also for what it's worth. Um, uh, any John Mulaney tangent is a good tangent, though. He taught me what a bodega was, and that's important to me. Um, well, I don't remember how we got here. We were talking about Azula and the drill and uh, something about Jeremy Zuckerman and how you weren't going to oh. let me meet Jeremy Zuckerman. Yeah. That's <laughs> and then talked about Janet That Barney. hurts me. That hurts me a little bit. I probably, probably won't sleep tonight thinking about that. <laughs> Uh, my Azula episode, um, I didn't think about the drill. That would be a good one. I, I'm not very happy with my decision, but I do. I'm gonna, I gotta, I wrote it down. I had to say it. The Awakening, because I love the manipulative, mm. Mm, uh, the manipulative pick. So, in, in hindsight, I wish I would have like looked at the drill a little harder, or maybe just dug a little deeper. But top of mind, I love her manipulativeness and how smart she is. Not just lightning bending azula but crafty evil azula the awakening yeah. when essentially she gives zuko the quote-unquote credit for killing the avatar because i think she secretly knows that he's not dead yeah does she know do you think she knows uh, she's she not just, sure just she, she, just hedging, she just she just hedging yeah, her bets just playing the odds okay uh and then last last question real quick a non-main character so anybody that's not a regular occurrence in the series Give me, give me your favorite, and this is just my excuse uh, to talk about the hippies in the cave of two lovers. I love those uh, guys. I'm gonna go with John Jong and the deserter. Oh yeah, that's solid. Oh, I didn't even. That's really deep. Of course, you'd have a deep, good answer. <laughs> um, I just had to bring up the hippies in the cave of two lovers. They're like that's character centric. It's just not a character that we ever care about ever again. But. Um, <laughs> Well, hey, right, yeah, I gotta, yeah, gotta go. Baby's crying. Yeah, you go and ahead and get out, and I'll do our little exit piece here. Chris, it's great to talk to you. I'll post this tonight, and uh, yeah, thanks a lot, man. Great episode All idea. Right. I really enjoyed it. I'll see you later. Later. As for the rest of you, Avatar Last Podcast uh, fans, Chris, obviously, gotta go take care of the new baby, doing a snooze, but don't forget to check us out on we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You know, honestly, we're not the most responsive on those, but we are on there and we do check that stuff. And it's at last underscore podcasters or facebook.com slash avatar the last podcasters. And don't forget to check out the rest of the good stuff on Chris's channel. Lots of good videos. And once he gets settled into his new home, we anticipate him kind of getting back into the swing. Maybe, uh, maybe early 2021 of making some of his classic great videos. In the meantime, my name's Sean Shaler. Thank you so much for watching and hanging out with us today. We appreciate it, and we'll be back next week. Take care.